Hi, everyone, and welcome to MedEdge. I'm Marcus Grimm. Today, we're going to be speaking with Donna Coriel, MD, a board-certified internist, entrepreneur, and digital strategist. Wow, this is going to be a fun one. She is the founder of SomiDocs, an online platform that works to centralize the efforts of verified health experts in social media. SomiDocs is built to promote the autonomy of today's doctors. They feature a magazine where doctors publish their work, unique directories of verified docs and their work, as well as behind-the-scenes communities where doctors can learn and grow. And I'm thrilled today to also be joined by my co-host, Metric CEO, Santosh Therian. Donna, welcome to MedEdge. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited about what we're going to speak about. Awesome. Great to meet you and uh, great to speak with you, Donna. I would love to uh, get a little bit more into some of the things that you've been working with the website. But as a physician these days, I spend a lot of time speaking to residents and uh, medical students. And one of the things that I'm very interested in whenever I speak to a physician, uh, especially physicians that are gone down the entrepreneurial path like you, is to hear about your origin. How did you get into medicine? What made you initially passionate about going into healthcare? So I've just always loved humans and human interactions. Um, they're really, unfortunately for, not for me necessarily, but for these shows, you know, we all really love a really great, exciting story. I don't have a specific one. Like I don't have any moment where I was like, aha, I'm going to be a doctor. I just really always loved humans. And it sort of was the natural progression of someone that does really well in the math and sciences, um, loves people, loves to help. And that feeling that you get when you really make people better uh, in whatever way, shape or form. And it sort of evolved into me, you know, going into med school. I mean, there have been points along my journey where I've sort of said, is this really what I want to do? But I pushed forward and decided, yes, I'm going to dedicate myself to becoming a physician. And here I am. Awesome. That's great. I mean, you know, there is no need for a, uh, a, a big story. What's fundamental about healthcare is the uh, innate feeling that you want to help others. You know, that's that is the driving force. And so great to hear that. When we go into medicine, the first decision we have to make is going to medical school. The second big decision that we have to make as physicians is what specialty do we want to go into? And that is the other area that I speak to residents. You know, as a radiologist, I, I work with uh, residents now, but occasionally I talk to medical students that are struggling to figure out what specialty. And often it's some sort of mentorship that someone provided, but I'd love to hear your take on that. What, what, what kind of drove you into the specialty you're in? You're an internist, right? Yes, I um, trained as an internist and that's a general field. And so we treat all parts of the body and we treat a whole slew of ailments. And actually I was drawn to that because of, like I mentioned before, I love humans and human interactions. I didn't really want to um, restrict myself to like just one area of the body. I wanted to really allow myself like a plethora of possibilities. I think it's really exciting to solve mysteries. I've always sort of loved games. Um, it's always challenging to see people coming in through the door, not knowing what they're going to be complaining about. And I do really, really value the relationships that you can form with patients that continually come in to see you and you sort of get to know them. And the person who gets to know them best is their primary care doctor, which is, you know, internists among other physicians. 
That's that's very insightful. So two things that I take away from there is one, going into an internist, what drove you is the the problem solving aspect of it across the body, like not one area. And the other thing is you do ha- enjoy that long term relationship as opposed to going to a specialty where you're treating a patient and then moving on to the next patient, which gives you the problem solving ability, but there's no long term relationship. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not you know, saying that specialists don't have a lot of pizzazz and excitement to their fields. For sure there are. But what I do like is to see the patient come back in through the door. You're very much like a, a coach to some degree when you're a primary care doctor um, in that they don't just come to you with one problem and then stop coming to you. They continually come to you and you can have not only ongoing relationships with them, but also with the specialist doctors that are then brought in to treat them as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's the key thing. Like knowing yourself, for example, like I went into radiology and I knew that I, I wanted to be able to contain all of my care and, and, and whatever I'm doing to the hospital. That is something I knew about myself and there's other things that I wanted to do. So as, as medical students, it's important for them to kind of think through that and say, what is the type of relationship and interactions you want to have with the patients each person is different and their goals are different. And if you get into a specialty where there is a mismatch, then you struggle later on and you're unhappy with it. You know, it's, it's like marrying someone and, and not finding the right match. Specialty is one of those things very hard to change after you select it. Totally. It's, it really is. I liken marriage to a lot of things nowadays in life, um, including now that I'm in entrepreneurship, including some of those relationships that you sometimes get into um, and, and that's a great analogy because, uh, you know, obviously becoming a physician takes a very long time. It's an arduous journey and one that um, sort of commits us to where we end up, you know, because it is such an arduous journey. You know, if it took one year to become a doctor, then sure, you have to just repeat a year and then become a different kind of doctor. But no, it's many, many years. It's many, many sleepless nights missed opportunities, et cetera. And so you really have to know what you want to do and really feel like you love it. That doesn't mean you're stuck there. We can always pivot. And I am the perfect example of that. I'm sure we're going to get into it. Um, But yes, and and I love that you spoke to the fact that you were drawn to a different, you know, kind of aspect of medicine. I love that. I think it's the diversity of where we live. It's the diversity in our country and the richness of the experiences each of us brings to the table um, that allows us to go into different fields and still be happy. Yep. Thank you for sharing that because uh, the, the more we can help students find that path, the happier it will be down the road. We'd love to now continue and talk about some of the work that you're doing. Marcus had a few topics that he wanted to ask you there. So you mentioned to us that you're a natural problem solver. And when I go to somedocs.com, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by all the great content that's on there. There's a magazine. There's, there's podcast episodes. You've got live events coming up. So let's get into the problem solving. Why you even created SoMeDocs? Why does it exist? And what problem are you looking to solve there? It's very complex in terms of how it formed. There's a long story to our evolution. But at the end of the day, it came about from the struggles that a physician was having. That's me. And the struggles that I saw others were having. That's everyone else but me. Uh, We were connected through social media, through the online world, which is both magical and scary at the same time. And the magical part of it is that it connects us and actually affords us the ability to make changes in the world that make it a better place. That's obviously the the good edge of the double-edged sword that social media is. But 
you know, I really started it because I felt like physicians were voiceless in this online world that literally is a world, just like our real physical world. There's this world of the online where you're not really sure who's who. Uh, the public doesn't really know how to discern who is a real expert versus who isn't. And so I originally, when I came up with the idea, I was like, let me kind of help them work through who is a real doctor versus who isn't. Uh, and, you know, in time through COVID, et cetera, we have been relying much more on social interactions and the people that we follow and the advice that we take. And so why not make a site that clearly delineates who out there is a real doctor, who out there is giving you advice based on a degree that they've earned. I think that that's extremely valuable and that it should be readily available and accessible to the public. So that's how it, it started. That is a great answer. Now, wait, I, I, I'm on the site and I just see countless physicians on there. So what are you comfortable with sharing with us? Tell us about your membership, approximately how many people, you know, are they coming from all different specialties? How do you describe your audience? Actually, we have communities behind the scenes that people do not see in the front. So we have Facebook groups where we interact. Um, the truth of the matter is, for me as a, an entrepreneur, um, I needed to make an interactive space that made sense. There's a slew of possibilities from Facebook groups, which we ultimately chose, to you know WhatsApp groups. At the end of the day, Facebook is where most of us are living in terms of our age group. Um, I decided to build a group. Uh, that's where we first started. And it was just physicians. It was just doctors that got together and sort of vented on social media and what we need to do to break through, et cetera. Then the website came and everything that I built in there. We do still have the behind the scenes community. And there's actually still thousands of docs that are not yet officially members. And that's where you know I need to help get the word out because I haven't necessarily raised capital to be able to scream it all over Facebook, but it is coming. We are growing very, very rapidly. So there are doctors now, we've been fortunate to now offer, this wasn't always the case, but we're fortunate to now offer a free membership for medical doctors with NPI numbers. That means doctors that have earned a degree in the US. And so that's a huge step because now doctors could come in and become members uh, without having to pay. And so we were very lucky to open that. And they actually get a profile in the directory when they submit, which we could talk about separately. So again, there's hundreds of doctors already in the directory. We expect that there will be eventually thousands, again, because it's free to not only come into as a doctor with a profile membership, but it's also free to use. It's a no-brainer that members of the media um, and podcasters such as yourself and event organizers and even startups should be using something like this where there's really no barrier. You know, these are medical doctors, we verify them. And so it's a very straight connection, it's free and it's a no brainer. And it's going to save us a ton of money in the long run for a startup, for example, to go directly to these doctors and ask them to be advisors rather than have to pay a hefty sum for someone to like go and search for them. We can right. do that. You know, if there are specifics, that's fine. But that's where I put my skills and talents to the test and I build a directory that's got filters that can further niche down the search of the third party that's looking for these experts. I can vouch for you that the producers of our show are already going through the pages. You, you, you've got a lot, a lot of uh, talented speakers there. So uh, it, it's working. Question for you, philosophical question. Um, I, I, I 
been like many people been in digital marketing since the beginning and and i found it interesting how certain verticals jumped onto social media first and i think in the early days for a lot of reasons uh, physicians maybe kind of hesitated doing that and now obviously i i think you're absolutely correct that you that you've seen a trend that over the past couple of years things have changed now physicians are more interested in being part of the discussion um being a bit more out there with, with their personalities and their content what are some of the major ahas or, or reasons. If I'm a physician listening to this, that I'm, I still don't know that I want to get my name out there. What are some of the underlying themes that are, that are causing physicians to do this more now? Are you asking why they're coming in or why they're scared? I'm assuming why they're actually coming in. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Why they're, why they're coming in. Yeah. I mean, I think that physicians have been very timid with, you know, crossing that threshold into the online world. When there were just a few of us, they were sort of looking at it still as like a formidable land that they just did not want to go into. Again, it takes so long and it takes so much to become a doctor. You don't want to do anything that compromises it. But slowly right. over time, doctors are seeing that there is so much good that comes out of being online, both from a personal perspective and from a professional perspective. So, you know, you really can advance your career, for example, by putting yourself out there. I always say that, you know, you will never know what opportunity you missed if you don't put yourself out there. And that opportunity doesn't know that you actually exist. So when you build brand, when you build like brand presence, when you build presence online, then you're actually a part of the online world. And those ventures that are using the online world, which is increasingly everybody, when they go to the online world to find their experts for the next opportunity, you're going to be among the cohort that they have to choose from. And so you're seeing you know, doctors that would otherwise have just been practicing behind closed doors, you're seeing them come out and become speakers, you're seeing them start to become authors, and you're seeing them starting to coach and you're seeing them building practices outside of big health systems and actually becoming autonomous and independent and you're seeing health become better and you're just seeing really a lot of positive outcomes from this medium and again a lot of doctors are still hesitant but increasingly they're realizing that they have to start somewhere and i'm thankful for that when you speak about this hesitancy, um, is any of it generational? Uh, I, I think we, we often talk about, well, you know, the, the younger folks are way more eager to, to get on social media and, and share that sort of thing. I mean, what does your data show? Yeah, of course. It is generational. Well, it's generational in that the younger generation just feels so much more comfortable using the tools of the online world. It's very much like a language where they've grown up with the language. And so it's sort of just second nature to them versus people my age and older, where we certainly did not grow with the online tools. So it might take us longer, right? Because your brain is already shaped, you know, when you become a certain age and to sort of like get used to these new things takes longer. You know, the younger generation is much more malleable and flexible. Uh, that said, I do see that even the younger generation once they actually enter that field, like they get into medical school, they also, a lot of them also take a step back in terms of what they post about. I don't know if it's a result of understanding the implications of like doing the wrong thing, appreciating getting into somewhere and so needing to watch what you say, or it's 
just, you know, being aware of the different negative aspects that could come out of like, again, saying the wrong thing. So I do increasingly see medical student accounts like on Instagram, for example, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves in terms of, for example, what the goals of these accounts are. A lot of them are teaching other students or looking to sort of guide the younger generation. But it will be interesting to see when you do become a brand and can sort of your account can be used to advertise. The question is going to be what's going to be ethically okay versus what's not going to be ethically okay. And that's an ongoing discussion that we did start back when I began SoMeDocs. I really like this topic of when you're a medical student, whether you should hold back or how much you should hold back. Because I remember when I was applying for residency and even in, in my senior year, years, a lot of students did turn off their social media and, and, and you know, because they didn't want to see uh, share photos of them going out and doing stuff. What's your take on that? Because I'll show you my perspective on having hired different team members for our company. I like seeing social media and, and having someone that is out there and being interactive because I feel like physicians are often saying you shouldn't do anything else but medicine. And, and you know, a lot of times medical students shut down their accounts because they don't want to reveal. But what's your perspective having worked with a lot of physicians that use social media? Do you have any tips for the medical students? And uh, one more follow-up question to that is if you are talking to a medical student that hasn't gotten started using social media, where should they start? Is there any tips that they, you have for them? So off the top of my head, my best advice is that everybody should regard social media as media, right? Yeah. They should take the social out when they are a professional and they should regard it like media, just like any of the other media outlets that are out there. You are creating a channel where you are being viewed by anybody and everybody. That doesn't mean that you should not be on it. I don't necessarily think that you have to shut it off. You probably do if you were being social on it. I don't think that you know, um, a program needs to see you in your social life. I don't think you'd want that. I do think it needs to be curated. And that's something that I speak about in conferences and lectures. The fact that you really can curate presence. The online world doesn't necessarily need to see you as you are when you come home and take your pants off. You know what I mean? Like we have different lives and that doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic. It just means that you have a professional side that when you wake up in the morning and put on your professional clothes and step into the office, you become Dr. Coriel, as opposed to when you walk into your home and there are other factors that might be important to you that would not weigh in when you are in the office. That is really, really important to teach. It's important to teach students that they need to really understand that there's a delineation between those not to be afraid of social media, but it is media. So again, use it as a professional, use it to build a portfolio. And that is also where we are heading with SoMeDocs in the future coming up very shortly is that we're building a student section because we've already built that for the doctors in, for example, our doctor directory, but now we wanna do it for students so that a student directory can exist. You can look professional, a program can come in and sort of look at what you have done and you could still remain active online, but do it in a, you know, less social and more professional and fitting way. That's great. Uh, uh, one last question I wanted to ask you for, um, 
hand it back to Marcus. As a student, do you see any of the platforms as the, as the first thing that they should start? Is it LinkedIn? Do you see more uses in, in like other medium like uh, Instagram, TikTok? It depends on your endpoint goal. Um, I mean, each platform is unique and each platform is used by different people and for different reasons. That doesn't mean that you can't like tweak it and use it for your own purposes. I'm very yeah. big on that. and sort of like tweaking existing tools for what we need. Um, LinkedIn is certainly more professional oriented. I do love LinkedIn. It's currently my favorite platform. But again, it depends on what you are trying to do. If you are a medical student that really is trying to share your life in visual format, right? You can still use LinkedIn because you could still upload a photo, but Instagram is sort of the more visual platform. Again, I think at the end of the day, your question is, what are you trying to do? If you're trying you know, to sell things, maybe Instagram is better. I mean, it's not really that you can't really sell things straight out on LinkedIn, but at the same time you can. So again, it's not so clear cut. I think that we sort of place ourselves in a box when we say, oh, you like to share photos, Instagram. That, that's not really how it works. Any social media platform is a media platform that's interactive. And again, if you get that through the head and you really understand that, then you can step outside the box of what people traditionally say about photos, do Instagram, this, that, that, and really use that platform for your own good and for your endpoint goal. It makes perfect sense. And from a, you know, a lot of students to build that initial presence, it's always good to kind of, what I'm hearing you say as an advice to a student that's not using social media is, what would you want a, your image to be? If it's more visual, if it's more text, or if it's more video, then go with the medium that matches that. Let me put it this way. Um, the best example is my own example. My son is a college student. He's at Northwestern and he does have an Instagram account. He plays the piano. He loves to play. And so he does post sometimes, you know, excerpts of him playing. But I, my advice to him was LinkedIn all the way. I mean, make an account. And he has connected with many alumni now in, uh, you know, pursuing his, his dreams, et cetera. And again, you can be present in different ones. You just have to curate presence you know, do it either with your own plan in mind, have like a plan and, and structure to that plan versus get guidance, right? Hopefully with SomiDocs, we will be able to guide you because we are the attendings and we are the ones that get to choose which of you come into residency. We'll be able to guide you as to what best practices are. And of course, we'll remain open-minded as the world evolves and criterias and such change. Awesome. Thank you, Donna. Donna, I, I know that your primary audience is physicians, but obviously when we talk about social media, it's a, it's a conversation. And a lot of people listening to this show are going to be UME or GME administrators. And I think organizations, not unlike individual people, are still constantly trying to figure out, well, how do we handle social media? There was a paper published just a couple of years ago in the middle of COVID, 12 tips for utilizing residency program social media accounts for modified residency recruitment. So, so clearly we have, we have schools and programs that are also trying to figure out what should they be doing different as, as it relates to social media. Now, I know they're not their, your primary audience, but how would you advise some of, some of the UME or GME programs out there to think about social media perhaps a little bit differently? Social media is media. Social media is a free marketing platform that allows you to essentially, again, I'm going into one of my lectures 
where I use the analogy of social media being a highway where everyone is driving through and you've got the ability to build billboards in that highway for free. And that is extremely powerful because nobody in the real world can build billboards for free. But here's suddenly this opportunity to do that. As an entrepreneur myself, as somebody that has built a company and that leveraged social media tremendously to the good of my company and its endpoint goal and all of the doctors that are involved with SoMeDocs, that is super powerful. And that is what I suggest any entrepreneur today, an entrepreneurial venture, and everyone's got entrepreneurial goals, right? Everybody has goals in mind that could certainly use free marketing. That is my suggestion to them is visualize social media as a highway where all of these, again, it depends on their endpoint goals, but all of your target audience is driving by and you can build continuous billboards that will appear in front of them. And you can also tweak them and let them evolve. And you can create something that's really enticing so that they can, whatever it is that you're trying to do, come visit you, come enroll in your program, come do this, come do that. Again, lots of power. It is a waste for any company to not use it. That's a great answer. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here on this one, because one of the things that I find interesting about physicians participating in social media, and I I love your billboard analogy. The only pushback I would have is it it seems like most doctors are sold out of inventory. It's As a patient, it's often tough to get in. They're very, very busy. Their schedules are are full. So when you talk about growing audience on social media, um, and and wow, the, the people on your platform, I saw people with tens or hundreds of thousands of followers. So there's clearly a reason to, to build those audiences. But obviously, at the end of the day, the physician schedule only has so many slots to fill. What are some of the other reasons you find physicians going out there and building these audiences? That's a perfect question because I love to talk about this. I think that we think inside of a box living today and only considering that a doctor can see a patient on in a one-on-one interaction inside of a closed door physically. Okay. The tools of today are, they blow my mind. Okay. The ability to connect with people, to make a difference, to influence positively, those opportunities are there. So, I mean, from anything like telemedicine, which has already become sort of a standard way to deliver medicine and has sort of become an acceptable form in society, right? Where any doctor, for the most part, I mean, my husband's a cardiologist. He cannot do a procedure, you know, over telemedicine, but we can communicate with our patients through telemedicine to other non-traditional ways to communicate and teach and pass along information. Those include, you know, articles. I mean, you don't think of doctors as people that write articles, but they can. And those include lectures, right? You don't think of doctors as lecturers except to lecture other doctors, but they can. In fact, when a patient comes to see a doctor, a lot of times they are, you know, they're not saying, oh, don't take that, don't do that, but they're lecturing in terms of, hey, oh, you've got hypertension. That's a new diagnosis. Let me explain what hypertension is, right? When patients get a diagnosis, what's better 
for them to do? Is it better to go and just Google it and click into the first thing that pops up? Or is it better to follow the hypertension specialist, let's say the internist or the cardiologist that's decided to brand themselves, focus on hypertension and brand their online presence around hypertension? Or is it better to click into their explanation, knowing that they have earned their medical degree and learning from them? It's not only better, but it actually supplements, right? It works as a supplement to our now very short visit. That 10, 15, seven minute visit is now turning into much longer because you can have more of your doctor. So even if you can see that hypertension specialist in real life and spend those seven to 10 minutes with them and they will check your blood pressure and tweak the blood pressure meds, you're not missing out on some of those educational components, which the doctor doesn't necessarily have time to give you in that visit. And by the way, I'm not saying that I support the seven, 10, 15 minute visit either. And this is part of why I do what I do because Physicians have been forced to decrease their patient times, and we have become cogs in a wheel. We're parts of a factory, and it's not necessarily, it's for sure not necessarily something that we've chosen to do. So this is just kind of my, like an antidote to what's been done to us. My favorite definition of brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And so if you take that, that, that. Somebody leaves the doctor and they go home and now they're thinking about that doctor finding content that they've, they've created online. Um, it just helps that, that brand experience. I think Jeff Bezos said that and he's, you know, he's a good example of a successful entrepreneur. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned articles. Um, in addition to Somi Docs, last year you were co-editor of a book along with Kimberly Green Leibowitz, What We Bring to the Practice of Medicine, Perspectives from Women's Physicians. Obviously, extremely very timely book in 2019 for the first time ever more women than men entered med school but first up it sounds like a great book and a timely one at that but also i understand that a lot of those submissions came from physicians who learned about the project on so me docs so in addition to the platform helping me build my own audience i i get the sense that the platform is also trying to create opportunities for physicians as well can you talk about that a little bit Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are extremely unique and honestly, like no other venture out there. There is so, so much going on, not only behind the scenes, but in the front of the scenes as well. And I want to just note here that there is a behind the scene presence and community and there there is front of the scene presence and community in that the website is publicly accessible to anybody. And so it is not just, although primarily our audience so far has been physicians, we are gradually growing and evolving, knowing that non-physicians are going to be making up a lot of our audience as well. And especially because we do what you touched on now, which is help these doctors that are part of our community to promote their products, services, the things they're creating. So it's about allowing them to write articles to help spread that around. We have a health section and the public, it pertains to them because they, again, want to learn health from these medical doctors. There's a lecture section and a conferences section where, again, you can learn directly from a doctor and there's like a lot of good in it. And it helps the doctor because, for example, A lot of doctors that either write the articles or deliver lectures, they have their own brand that's growing and they are sort of co-marketing with us. So they're coming into a giant, the behemoth, you know, Somidox, and they are using 
my skills and talents, right? They're using our tools that I have built to get amplified. And I really, part of what I do as an entrepreneur is sit behind the scenes and constantly use this brain to think through, how can I make things better than the status quo? So that's things like, you know, you've got a lecture, you've spent hours putting it together. You're doing the recording like 70 times until you get a perfect one. You need to smile here. You don't need to, you then edit it. You do this, you do that. You get a video, you upload it to YouTube and you get one person to see it. My thought is that if we collaborate, right, we can amplify together. And that's the whole premise of So Me Docs and a lot of the arms that we have going. And so, for example, the on-demand section is now newly going to work with doctors to even take their existing lectures that they've already given and just plug it in there so that our audience can come and click in and leave their emails, for example. And we then share that email with that doctor because clearly the audience member wants to know more from that doctor and that doctor now has a lead and can follow up. And for us, we can continue to share in the different experts and more lectures and more articles, et cetera, et cetera. It is just one big platform that, yes, that not only teaches the doctors behind the scene to our network members, but also helps many of our members, including our free members, because you're in this public directory that is, again, free to get in and free to use. So at the end of the day, we're promoting doctors. We're encouraging conversations and discussions about both health and healthcare. And we are then taking it and marketing it uniquely on social media, creating our own really unique billboards so that the rest of the world sees it, gets enticed, and then comes in and, and you know interacts with our content. Tremendous platform, free to get in, free to use. So it's a, it's a win-win-win across the board. As we come down here towards the end of the interview, I, I do have one question for you. You mentioned uh, what you're looking to do in the future for, for medical students. And um, um, you're, you're clearly a brave person because right now on the website, it says students coming soon, which is always a scary, a scary word for, for anyone in, in the platform space. Um, but but uh, I'm going to use this opportunity to put you on the spot. Wait, what does soon could be two days or two years? How are you thinking about students and 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 um, when do you expect to be bringing students on? And what do you, boy, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not for you. You've already thought of what's your MVP, what's your minimum viable product for those students? When is it coming and what should they expect? So, you know, the beauty of how Somedocs has grown is that it really has grown gradually and organically. I don't put a lot of pressure on myself because, um, first of all, I'm a happy person. I don't need to, you know, be the next Jeff Bezos, although wouldn't that be nice? Um, but you know, everything I've built has been successful. And the nice thing is because I've built it, like I don't outsource anything that has been built. I am able to also take it away just as quickly if I see that it doesn't work. And that is really powerful for an entrepreneur, especially today where things need to happen super quickly. Um, so I cannot answer as to when it will officially unveil. I can tell you that um, it's going to at the least have a directory where the students can build themselves a profile that's forward facing that can also be connected with media and startups, et cetera, et cetera. They can, you know, be courted by speaking events, including ours, because now one of the newest things also is putting together virtual conferences. And there's no reason why medical students can't teach pre-meds. So that's another thing that we want to have going, but I'm also waiting because I am creating a speaker series for them 
where it's really more than just the directory that they get to appear in. They're actually getting to kind of meet with the attendings of today that are, that know about applying to medical school and applying to residency and how you optimize that application process. So I'm building a speaker series around the application process, um, how you can optimize that application process. And I really think that the students are going to love it and it'll be worth that membership, which also I am hoping to keep, you know, very affordable so that a student can, you know, feel good about coming in and being a part of our community. Dr. Donna Coriel, uh, MD from, from SoMeDocs. You can learn more about them at doctorsonsocialmedia.com. Um, I would love to to tell you about the, the content that's there, but quite frankly, it's overwhelming. There's podcasts, <laughs> there's articles, there's conferences going up. I would just say if you're a physician, you, you absolutely need to get there. Um, Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so, so much. This was a great conversation. Your questions were on point, so thank you. My pleasure. Uh, we've been speaking today with Donna Coriol, MD, a board-certified internist, entrepreneur, and digital strategist. She is the founder of SoMeDocs. Learn more about them at doctorsonsocialmedia.com. That's that online platform we've been talking about that looks to centralize the efforts of verified health experts in social media. You've been listening to MedEdge, building tomorrow's healthcare. MedEdge is brought to you by Metrics. Metrics, practice medicine, not software. Learn more at metricslab.com. For my co-host, Sam Thosh-Cherian, I'm Marcus Graham. Have a great day.